0: There is one difference right now between Cincinnati and Houston. I'm going to tell you what that difference is. Are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we go. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow it to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles. With people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash-lockdowncollege. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day right here on Lockdown Bearcats. We are, of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm excited to be with you all today, even after the Bearcats' tough loss on Saturday, 75 to 69 to Houston. The difference between the two teams right now is that Houston is the more consistent team. And you think about the game on Saturday. The Bearcats played a terrific first half. 43 points. At one point, they led by 13. But Houston, even when it looked like the Bearcats were the better team for most of that game, the Cougars were just lurking in the corner. They chipped away. They were right there, and once they took the lead, the Bearcats never led again. They tied the game, but they never led. And right now, the difference between the Bearcats and Houston is that Houston is the more consistent team than the Bearcats. Houston scored 36 points in the first half, then 39 in the second half. They were down 7. Okay, no big deal. They knew they were going to win the game. They believed they were going to still win the game. The Bearcats scored 43 points in the first half. Great. They only scored 26 in the second half. And if we go even further, the Bearcats in the first half, 60.7% shooting. Great. Second half, cut that in half, 30.3%. Woof. Eight of 12 from three in the first half for the Bearcats, three of 15 in the second half. 10 assists to seven turnovers in the first half. That's good. They only took the ball over two times in the second half, but five assists, only five assists in the second half. Guys, you look at those numbers. You really have won this game, and I'm frustrated because once again they lost a game they could have won. But the but the difference between right now, the difference right now between Cincinnati and Houston is the Houston is the more consistent team. In a big game, which this game was, they can put together 40 good minutes of basketball. The Bearcats right now cannot. And they have not done that in a big game in a long time. In this context, the last time. And this was a, a graphic during the game. The last time the Bearcats won against a top three team was 2012, the Biggie semifinals against Syracuse. The last time they beat a top five team on the road, this was talked about uh, during halftime of the game on CBS. The last time the Bearcats beat a top five team on the road was nearly 60 years ago. You go, go further into the numbers in this game. Houston shot 57.1% in the first half, 56 in the second half. That's consistency. They only attempted five threes in the second half, five threes. Guys, they just kept making shots. The Cougars just kept making good high percentage shots. It was a clinic. In the second half on Saturday, the Cougars were 14 of 25 from the field. 14 of 25. That's 56% shooting from the field. That's really good. They only attempted five threes. They got to the line 14 times. They made 10. Cincinnati, by the way, only attempted seven free throws. And you can blame the refs all you want. But as you will come to know about me, and I say this after what happened last night with the Bengals, I'm not a blame the refs guy. The Bearcats had chances to, to win this game. Put this game away. They could not do that. They left the door open for Houston. The Cougars were lurking in the corner, they were chipping away, they were making good shots, high percentage shots, and when push came to shove, and Russ and I talked about this, we were texting during the game on Saturday. In the most critical junctures of the game, what did the Cougars do? Here you go. In the game on Saturday, the Cougars went on a 15 to 2 run from 9:17 to 2:41 in the second half. So that is almost 7 minutes In the second half, 15-2 to run. They went from being down 8 to up 5. That's what great teams do in critical junctures of the game. They don't have to splash in threes or slam dunk the ball. They just make good high percentage shots. And that is exactly what the Cougars did. And you have to tip your cap to how good they are. 25 points from Jarris Walker, 10 of 14 from the field. Jawan Roberts, 14 points, 7 of 9 from the field. He never went to the free throw line, but he made 7 of 9 shots. That's really good. Jamal Shedd, 13 points, 5 of 9 from the field. Uh, Marcus Sasser had an off off game. He still had 4 assists despite only scoring 9 points. This is what good teams do good teams um and by the way Houston did win the rebound battle 35 to 27. good teams just do the, the just do the fundamental things at a really high level and that's what Houston does and you have to tip your cap to that the bearcats are close I'm not saying the bearcats are a bad team I was talking um I I just think I was talking to to my dad about this um over the weekend and I was talking to my mom about this too I said, the Bearcats are a good team. They just can't put together 40 minutes of good basketball. They cannot put together 40 minutes of good basketball. The Cougars can. And the Cougars are the more consistent team. The Bearcats have a lot of things I like. They can shoot the ball well, they can move the ball well, they can rebound. They have a lot of really good players. But they're not a good team. But they're not a great team. When really good players come together, that's what forms a great team. In my opinion, and I, and I don't know if some if John would have ever said that, but that's what I believe. The Cougars have a bunch of really good players who come together, and that's what makes them a great team. There's a reason why they've only lost two games all season, and both those games are at home to two good teams. Alabama's a really good team; they're number two in the country. Well, they were number two in the country, but they won't be after what happened on Saturday against Oklahoma, and um, they lost to Temple. Who's second in the conference. The Bearcats are right there. I do believe that. but They're just not consistent enough to win these games. When push comes to shove. I mean you saw the end of the game. They tie the game at 69. And you're thinking okay there's a chance. And then Houston just clamped down defensively. Whatever the Bearcats tried to do. On their last few possessions did not work. This team situationally is not good enough right now. They've only won one close game all season. That was SMU. They weren't great situationally against Xavier. They couldn't chip away enough against Arizona. And, you know, they they weren't great situationally against Memphis. The Bearcats, I mean, at some point are going to have to win a game like this if they want any shot of this year going to the NCAA tournament, which is still a possibility. And winning in the Big 12 next year. I want this team to do well in the Big 12 next year. But man, they got to play better situationally. It's not the talent. It's not the coaching. Right? Even though I said on Friday, and I wrote about it Friday on All Bearcats, all eyes on Wes Miller. What I'm saying is they have to be better situationally. And right now, they're not. And that is the difference between Cincinnati and Houston consistency, and be better situationally. Coming up, I'm going to do two things. I'll tell you what those two things are after I tell you how this episode of Locked On Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. This year, The only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for lockdown because they are the number one sports book in America. FanDuel, and if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So, the Chiefs and the Eagles in Super Bowl 57. I like the Eagles, and I'm going to go into more on my bets later on this week. I like the Eagles to cover the one-and-a-half point spread. They're currently one-and-a-half point favorites. So, the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. Host, uh, excuse me, that is what I'm supposed to do. I am the host. Feel free to add what you like about using. Oh, what like about using the FanDuel app? It's easy to use. Um, so join FanDuel today at fanduelcom slash on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl Fifty Seven. That's FanDuel.com/slash/locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21+ in select states. First online real money wager. Only $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable sportsbook bonus bets, which expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com/sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com/rg. In Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800 NEXT STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgambling.com in Kansas. 1-800-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. one 800 one 8 hope ny or text HOPE-NY to 467369 in New York. in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from the hosts that covered the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. My name is Alex Frank, back here with you on Lockdown Bearcats, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Cincinnati Bearcats um, fall to Houston on Saturday, 75-69. to 69. Um, I'm going to do two things here. I'm going to tell you two things. One, the Bearcats are not a blue blood program, even though they are historically one of the 15 best programs in college basketball history. They have not beaten a top three team since the Biggie semifinals in 2012. They have not beaten a top-five team on the road in nearly 60 years, and they have not been to a Final Four since 1992. If you want to say the Bearcats are a great basketball team, but at the end of the day, they are not, and I don't know if they ever will be. I want them to be. But they are not a Duke, North Carolina, Villanova, Kansas, UConn, or any of your Blue Bloods. Kentucky, they're not. Because all the Blue Blue Bloods have a Final Four appearance since 1992. Look at last year's Final Four. Villanova, Duke, Kansas, North Carolina. One of the best Final Four fields in history. Blue Bloods, rich programs. Gonzaga has been to a Final Four recently. Kentucky won in 2015. Heck, even Michigan State went in 2019. I'm being honest. If you say the Bearcats are really that great of a program, why do you think that? Because since 1992, and your expectations are high, that's fine. But since 1992, this program has not been to a Final Four. They've been to some Elite Eights. They've been to multiple Sweet 16s, although they've only been to one Sweet 16 since 2001. And for as great of a program as this is, or as you might think it is, I think it is a really good program. I think it teeters on great. But in the last 20 years, What do they have to show for it? Not a lot. And this year is looking like the same thing. This is a proud program that Bob Huggins built. Mick Cronin recovered it. Never really got to the level of Bob Huggins. But still, when the Bearcats went to nine straight NCAA tournaments, you should have appreciated that because I did. Nine straight tournaments is hard. The Bearcats haven't been to the tournament since. And you saw how hard it was just to even be on the bubble in John Brandon's first season. You saw um, last year with Wes Miller. This team started off 5-0. This team barely finished above 500 last year. You're seeing this year. We've seen some really good things, but the last two games against the Big Dogs in the American Memphis and Houston, they've lost both games. So at the end of the day, this program right now is a really good program historically. Are they great? Uh, I don't know. That depends on how you view it. But when you consider what the Bearcats have not done as far as being a top-three team since 2012, I mean, I think about Kansas and North Carolina and Duke and what they've done. Carolina went into Cameron Indoor in 2019, and I get it. Zion Williamson got hurt that game. They still won. Excuse me. Um... Kansas, did they, were they number three? Yeah, Kansas went into Baylor. When they were three, Kansas was three, Baylor was one. Kansas won the game. They beat the number one team on the road. It's a hard thing to do. Virginia Tech beat Virginia on the road in 2018. Teams that are great, and programs that are great, and I'm not saying Virginia Tech is great, I'm saying Kansas is, they win these kinds of games. They win these kinds of games. UCLA went into Arizona in 2017, beat the number four team in the country. That's what great teams do. They go on the road, does not matter what what ranking the team has, and they take care of business. And it leads me back to this. The nine straight tournaments under Cronin and the 14 years under Huggins. Understand, success even in this sport, where there is so much parity, and even when you think you know who the best team in the country is. You thought Kentucky was the best team in 2015. They didn't win the national championship. You thought Gonzaga was the best team in 2021. They lost the national championship. You thought Virginia was the best team in the country in 2018. You all know what happened there. Just when you think you know who the best team in the country in college basketball is, you don't. And, And that's why sometimes just, you know, making the tournament 14 straight years. That's hard to do. Kentucky hasn't done that recently. Kansas has made the tournament every year since what, 1990 or 80 something? Kentucky didn't make the tournament in 2021. Duke didn't make the tournament in 2021. Kansas did. North Carolina had it down here in 2021. So, yes, I say great programs and who they are and what they do. But understand that great programs have down years. It happens. North Carolina was terrible in 2020. They were they were second to last in the ACC. The Bearcats understand what they did under Bob Huggins and Mick Cronin. If you did not appreciate that, if you did not enjoy that, and now you still expect them to be great, just because this program, right, goes to the Final Four in 1992, you expect them to go every year. That's not going to happen. Like, okay, so the Bengals lose yesterday, and it sucked. I mean, it sucks. It's going to sting this whole offseason. Hot take, losing the AFC Championship last night is worse than losing the Super Bowl last year. But Bengal fans, and I heard this on Sports Talk Radio and Cincinnati all week. Some were viewed as cocky because... Oh, now the Bengals are good. Oh, we might, they might go back to the Super Bowl for a second straight year. Well, that's great. And you should be confident in your team when they're good. But don't be cocky. Don't get your expectations too high. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have expected the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. What I'm saying to you is this. Again, as I talk about, the fact that the Bengals have played in back-to-back AFC championship games in the last two years The fact that the Bearcats went to nine straight NCAA tournaments and the fact that Cincinnati is still a relevant basketball program on a national level that is going to the best conference in college basketball should mean something to you. What I'm telling you is this. Tamper your expectations and understand that this program – so I'm saying tamper your expectations and understand that this program may not be – As great as you think it is. When you consider what they haven't accomplished versus what other programs recently, Gonzaga in the regular season has beaten some very good teams. They've also won some tough games in the postseason. And you can the final four of an easy to the next easy. You can say all of that. Guys, they still beat UCLA, who's a blue blue. That avenged the six. Hard in college basketball. Appreciate what the Bearcats have accomplished in the last 30 years. And I know prior to COVID-19, I, I don't know if the Bearcats would have made the tournament in 2020. I think they would have won their first tournament game, and then I don't know what would have happened in the second game when they would have faced UConn, who was the hottest team in the conference. I don't know if they would have made the tournament. But what I do know is what they accomplished in that 30-year run, starting when Bob Huggins became head coach, to, through the first season with John Brandon, before we found out there were some not-so-good things going on. That was a tremendous run. You can say, oh, but they only made one Final Four. Guys, the Bearcats haven't won a national championship in 60 years. North Carolina won a national championship in 2017. Duke has won a national championship recently. Kentucky won in 2012. Success is hard in the sport. If the Bearcats can find consistency this year going back to what I said in Segment 1, this team can go back to the tournament. But as we saw last year, I mean, Kentucky loses to St. Peter's. Did you know who St. Peter's was before that game? I sure didn't. I too now. I mean, did you know who Lehigh or Mercer were before Duke lost them? I mean, I know about Mercer because I've mean, i I've been living and working to make it Georgia for the past year. Did you know who those teams were before Duke lost to them? Again, just because you've done something or are viewed as a blue blood does not mean that you're always going to win. And the Bearcats, I, I think they are a really good historic basketball program. That doesn't mean I think, I don't know, they have not accomplished versus what other teams have. And I might be talking differently if they had won the game on Saturday. But when you think about what they have not accomplished, It should make you appreciate what they actually have as far as going to the NCAA tournament nine straight years, which is hard to do. Only six teams, including the Bearcats, did that. Coming up, three stars of the game here in the final half of conference play. I will get into after we hear from two of our sponsors let's get into it with three stars of the game this was a really high quality basketball game um the CBS announcers were talking about it on um on Sunday or, or Saturday excuse me that was a really high quality basketball game and I told my mom I'm like you know this is just a really good basketball game and she even said the same thing to me I was watching my mom and dog and I'm like this is a really good high quality basketball game so three stars of the game, and that's what you want your team to play in. Uh, three stars of the game. Number one, Landers Nolly. Uh Bad knees at all. Twenty-four point six rebounds. Nine of fourteen from the floor. Six of ten from three. It was his shooting early that kept the bear that got the Bearcats going. Um, just continuing to be this team's maybe most consistent player. I mean, you feel like every night. And you look at his numbers in the box score, and they are tremendous. And give him credit for, you know, suffering what looked like a serious knee injury late in the game. He goes to the bench, you see him in wincing and pain, and you're thinking, there goes the season. And then all of a sudden, this team, he comes back in, and he plays like he's not injured. That's what you want to see from your team's best player, the toughness. And he came into the game battling a knee injury. He ends up playing and plays really well. So, major credit to him. Uh, Victor Lockett, 15 points, 7-14 to from the floor. Only had 5 rebounds, but he did have 3 blocks. Um, I I do like what I'm seeing from him this year. I I just feel like in a big game, you want to see more from him. Again, it goes back to consistency. If we look at Victor Lockett's numbers through the first through the first um what is it twenty two games this season and in big games seventeen points and five rebounds against Arizona um sixteen and eight against Xavier uh sixteen and six at the first time against Houston twenty two and ten against Memphis fifteen and five against Houston so I mean, take away whatever you want from that. I think those are good numbers in big games. But again, can really good players... I shouldn't say that he needs to be more consistent in big games. I'm saying, can he, Nolly, and DeJulius, and the rest of this team, form a real a great team? When really good players form a great team, when really good players come together, they form a great team. Excuse me. Uh other star of the game, David DeJulius. A tremendous effort. Fourteen points, nine assists, six of thirteen for the floor, played thirty-seven minutes, hit the game three that tied the game at um sixty-nine with uh one nineteen to go. Clutch shot. And I just so want him to hit a shot. Like like he did against East Carolina last year that wins the Bearcats a game like that. Because I think that will just get this team over the hump. They're so close. And it's why I really love this team. Because I do think that they are going to get over this hump at some point. I really do. But they got to have these really good players come together to form a great team. Houston is that right now. The Bearcats are not. Again, they're not a bad team. I think they're a really good team. They're a talented team. They're fun to watch. They move the ball around. They play defense. They play with an intensity. They play with a purpose. But at the same time, they need to do some things that really good that great teams do. And that is what is going to be the difference. I saw this. Wes Miller, uh, as Russ emptied the chamber. Look at the box score. The box score, and you'll see that um, ten players played in this game. But look at the top six: no, uh, Nolly thirty-five minutes, Locking thirty-two, DeJulius thirty-seven, Adams Woods thirty-four. He only made one shot in this game. That was that half-court shot at the end of the first half. Davenport thirty-one. Outside of that, Ogwamba started, played sixteen. Uh, was quiet five points, four rebounds. Uh, picked up three fouls. Um, Skillings Jr. with five minutes, Reed with five minutes, 0 for 3 from three, four points from uh, four minutes from Rob Finnessy. Good to see him back. First game back in action. That could be something to look at going forward. One minute for Ezekpe. Uh, he did pull down a defensive rebound. So that's the rotation from Saturday. I-, I-, I do like that. You want your best players in there getting the most minutes to uh, somehow. Slow the game um, to uh, not slow the game down, uh, to uh, give your team the best chance to win every game. So the first half of conference, the final half of conference play, no short of eight and two, I think. You you look at the schedule, you look at the Bearcats schedule. They've got winnable games against Tulsa. They only play them once. UCF's going to be tough. They got them twice, including this coming Saturday. Tulane on the road is going to be tough. USF at home should be a win. At East Carolina should be a win. Temple at home is not going to be easy. Memphis on the road is not going to be easy. SMU should be an easy win. But considering you have one, two, three, five games at home, I think all five games at home should be wins. Temple, you know, whatever. So win those five. Can you find three wins on the road? Uh, East Carolina, yeah. Tulane, that's a possibility. UCF, we'll see. But what I worry is, last year was the, last year. This time the Bearcats fell apart. They fell apart um, in conference play. They were five and two. They went two and nine the rest of the way. That's not going to get it done this year. They're five and four, and I still think there's a lot of things I like. But the consistency is still not there. This team needs that winning streak in conference play. I mean, even under John Brandon, his first season. This team, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, won four straight in conference play. Yeah, they did, actually. Um, they won four straight games in conference play in 2021. In 2020, at one point, they won five straight. They went from being three and two to eight and two, and they should have been nine and two. So this team is absolutely capable of going on a winning streak, but the talent that they have and the coaching they have. I like what Wes Miller did. Play your best players. Give your team the best chance to win the game. But you have to, at some point, put together some consistency. That is going to do it for me today here on Lockdown Bearcats. On tomorrow's show, Stuart Mandel of The Athletic and his lackluster grade for Scott Satterfield and his hire. Wednesday, live room at 1230 Eastern Time with Russ Heltman. Thursday, is the podcast form of that live room? I'll also recap the Bearcats game against Tulsa. And then Friday, we'll look ahead to Saturday's game with UCF. Plus, it's on tomorrow's show a comment that one of you made about Scott Satterfield that's actually positive. So I'll get into that. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. I'm on Instagram, Alex underscore and an email and Alex3Frank at alex3frank gmail.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. For your second listen, Check out our brand-new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. That's Locked On College Basketball. It is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Can I say where I am on uh, social media? I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty. Instagram, AlexFrankNutte underscore and email. And Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great rest of your Monday, great start to the week, and I'll be back with you tomorrow right here on Locked On Bearcats.